Hello and happy Tuesday. I hope everybody has been remaining dry in this very wet California weather that has been fucking us all up. This whole cyclone thing. (laughs) I hope everybody has had a chance to recoup over the weekend and I hope that you've had a chance to really start your week off right. Today, I want to drop some interesting shit on you. Depression implants. I, and I feel kind of I feel kind of pissed off that I didn't know about this sooner because this this uh, test case study was done back in October of 2021, and I don't remember this being a big headliner anywhere unless you were looking for it or you consistently study or you're in the you know scientific or psychological study area of study where you're consistently looking at this shit. I am. Very surprised that this isn't something that has been widely spoken about um, or at least plastered on every major news media because this is a biggie, right? Depression affects around 9.5% of the American population among adults and about 280 million people worldwide. And it's likely going to go up, which is fucking crazy. So this something like this should definitely be worldwide news, but for some reason... Doesn't seem like it's something, unless you're really looking for this shit, you know, it's it's not been talked about as much as I think it should be. You know, as it stands, we don't really know much about depression. By we, I mean, you know, professionals in the field. They don't really know much about depression. There's a lot of um, research that's still being done about depression and how we can improve the effects of depression. In, in people that are severely depressed. As it stands, the diagnosis of depression is made based on clinical manifestations with little objective evidence. So they're basically just poking around, right? You know, we've they've used uh, MRIs to identify structural changes in depressive patients, but m- many of the studies that they've done for depression mainly focused on gray and white matter, and they found that there were significant brain region changes in depressive patients in areas such as the frontal lobe, which manages voluntary movement, expressive languages for planning, uh, organization and initiation, the hippocampus, which is responsible for learning and memory. It's said that this is a very vulnerable structure that gets damaged easily because of the variety of stimuli that it gets the temporal lobe, which is responsible for encoding memory and believed uh, to process emotions, language, and certain aspects of visual perception. The thalamus, which is responsible for the body's informational relay, and any body senses that that happen have to be processed through the thalamus before it's sent to the brain's cerebral cortex. And then there's a stratum, which contains neuronal activity related to movements and reward. And then lastly, the amygdala, which processes fearful and threatening stimuli, including the detection of threat and activation of appropriate fear-related behaviors in response. So you can imagine that problems with these parts of the brain can cause quite a bit of trouble in daily life because it's, it handles how we act, right? However, you know, 
that even with them knowing all of this, it's difficult for them to say conclusively because of the inconsistent results that they receive from different people based on their demographic and clinical characteristics. So basically everybody has been different. I mean, they see some, some overlapping people, right? But it's, you know, it's not consistent enough to, to state conclusively what's going to cause depression, right? And even with this in-depth study, there was still a lot of confusion over the cause, what really causes depression, right? Um, and like I said, a lot of us really believe that depression is just a simple imbalance of chemicals in the brain. But research is only able to conclusively state that there are many possible causes for depression, ranging from faulty mood regulation in the brain um, or in the temporal lobe or even in the stratum, right? All the way over to genetic vulnerability. Even now, most re researchers are saying that they need more testing to better understand depression, considering it affects millions worldwide. I'd say it's worth conducting more research. Absolutely. So like I said, you can imagine my surprise when, you know, I see an article that um, a device that's implanted into the brain to not only detect but treat severe depression. They actually already actively testing this on a 36-year-old woman with treatment-resistant depression, meaning she's exhausted all of the standard treatments of depression and nothing has worked to help her severe depression. And she reports that it's changed her, changed her entire life. The device that they implanted in her is about the size of a matchbox, right? Different than the, I, I would imagine it's different than the device that they're currently working on to make the size of a penny. But the one that's in this 36-year-old woman is the size of a matchbox and it's apparently always on and it delivers the, the little impulse, the electrical impulse when it senses the need for it. And again, considering that it's only experimental, it, it's too soon to say what the effects could be for something like this long term. Could something like this affect other aspects of the body? Could it, could it affect hormones or um, the general female or male body functions? You know, there's a lot of unanswered questions considering that she's only had it for a little over a year in, in, her, in her brain, right? The researcher, Dr. Catherine Scangos, said that uh, the relief was made possible by the by the location of uh, this 36-year-old's depression circuits, which means that they basically had to locate through, through looking through the common areas that they've been able to research to see where the changes were, right? And they conducted that the stimulation of the ventral stratum gave Sarah relief. They were also able to conclude that her amygdala could predict when her symptoms were the most severe. So all of this is showing me a few things. Depression is very specific to the person. So it would make sense that generic depressive medication or antidepressants might not work for everybody because it's probably not stimulating the right part of the brain that has this alteration, right? Hence, you know, causing the depression. Because antidepressants work by creating neurotransmitters that are meant to improve mood and emotion. 
but what that sounds like to me is like trying to dump water on a dry plant that's covered in plastic, right? The water isn't going to reach the plant unless you remove the plastic, right? In this case, we see from research that isn't really completed and, you know, by researchers that have no fucking clue that they can't get a one-sized-fits-all result to the answer for depression. So, you know, the antidepressants are meant to be a one-size-fits-all. Oh, let's just dump some water on there, you know, on the dry plant and see what happens, right? You know, it, they, it looks like researchers are more or less trying to find a one-size-fits-all solution for depression, right? So, like, here's an de- antidepressant. This is going to be like dumping some water on your dry plant and, you know, we'll figure it out. But some people, that's not going to work for some people. You know, it depends on what part of their brain is is experiencing that distress, right? Um, so if they're having problems in their amygdalum, stratum, in their hippocampus, you know, that needs to be tailored or stimulated, right? And an antidepressant might not be stimulating that right part of the brain is what it sounds like to me, right? I'm, I'm not a researcher, but that's what it sounds like to me. You know, then that, that's a lot of work, right? To, to try to figure out what the fuck is wrong with you because, you know, when it comes to the treatment of depression, right, they're going to try to exhaust things like therapy um, because sometimes depression in some patients can be improved with therapy, like general talk therapy, um, if it isn't a problem with something in their brain, right? But something like talk therapy probably wouldn't work for somebody that has a problem in their hippocampus because it's a consistent issue. It's, you know, again, it's like the concept of a Band-Aid versus stitches, right? So it might help in the moment, but it's not going to help long term for some people, right? Especially people with treatment resistant depression. And you have to really understand that treatment resistant depression is exactly how it sounds. Treatment is not working. General avenues of treatment are not working. Dumping water on the plant, not working, right? Um, talk therapy, not working. Electroshock therapy, not working. So for these people, it's important to create custom stimulation. For certain parts of their brain and that that can sound like a lot of work right not only for researchers but the person that's struggling however you have to understand that somebody that's severely depressed is like a person stumbling around in a dark room right and if you're telling that person like there's a chance that you know we can completely solve this are you willing to go through this app yes <laughs> You know, if, if there's a chance that they can take that away from themselves, right, like solve or cure their depression, I feel like any depressed person is going to want to try that, right? So an implant for the brain, if they can make that as small as a penny and supply a safe stimulation to specific portions of a person's brain, that's fucking amazing, especially if it's deemed safe long term, right? especially if it's for treatment-resistant depression. But, you know, this type of internal stimulation has to be carefully researched. You know, I, you know, our delicate little jello brains, it's not something that we should fuck around with, right? I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read you this article from the World Economic Forum. 
um, just to kind of give you an idea of what this chip is supposed to do. You know, it's, it's more or less described as a pacemaker for the brain. U.S. researchers and clinicians at the University of California, San Francisco, developed the alternative to traditional approaches of treating depression, an implant that acts like a pacemaker for the brain. Like I said, it's only been tested on one patient with positive results. Quote, we've developed a precision medicine approach that has successfully managed our patient's treatment-resistant depression by identifying and modulating the circuit in her brain that's uniquely associated with her systems. Unquote, said by Dr. Andrew Crystal, a professor of psychiatry at the UCSF Whale Institute for Neurosciences and senior author of the study. The implant is embedded in the skull and wired to the patient's brain. The device has developed, has been developed using a deep brain stimulation, abbreviated as DBS, to trigger electrical charges that reset brain function for the patient. There are two electrodes implanted in the patient's brain, one that monitors neural circuits to detect changes in brain function that are associated with depressive episodes and the other that can deliver a tiny electrical charge for about six seconds to adjust brain activity, and it's hoped to ease bouts of depression. Depression can affect activity in different areas of the brain, Traditionally, DBS devices have only been able to deliver a constant trickle charge to one brain area. The UCSF implant, however, can monitor a patient's brain and react only when needed. The UCSF team have run a 15-month trial of the device with a patient who they refer to as Sarah. This is the 35-year-old female that I, that I told you guys about. The 35-year-old patient says, I was at the end of the line. I was severely depressed. I could not see myself continuing if this was all I'd be able to do. If I could never move beyond this, it was not a life worth living. Studies at UCSF had identified distinct patterns of brain activity that were affected by a patient's mood changes. The discovery of this biomarker meant that it was possible to develop treatments that would stimulate the brain to relieve depression in ways that were tailored to specific patients. The implanted electrodes in Sarah's brain could therefore be targeted precisely where they would be most effective. The result was a rapid and sustained improvement in depression. The patient had almost immediate alleviation of symptoms, she reported, which then lasted throughout the duration of the trial. For me, the device has been an amazing blessing, said Sarah. Two further patients have been enrolled in the trial with the team hoping to add nine more in time. So we have to look at this for what it is, right? This is uh, an amazing breakthrough. And again, this was just back in October of 2021. You know, we don't know what else they're, they're operating, um, how it's going to be available to people if it passes trials and actually becomes something that can be widely treated um, or given as treatment to patients that are struggling with depression. Because like I said, antidepressants are kind of like a one-size-fits-all, you know, blanket solution. It might work for some people, right? But it's not going to work for all people depending on their specific depressive state. 
So I think this is great fucking news. I, I think this is the most exciting thing that I've read all fucking week. And I hope to hear more about it. I, I honestly do. I think that's fucking amazing. So I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to wrap up this episode. And let you guys know that you need to remember that you are not alone in this. There are many people who care about you and want to help you through this difficult time. It may not always feel like it, but there is always hope for a brighter future. Take small steps every day to take care of yourself and reach out for support when you need it. You're strong and you will get through this shit. I promise you will. I love all of you guys and I hope to speak to you soon. Have a great week. Bye-bye now. Thank you.